Welcome back to A Tales of Two Bros. I am Angel. I'm Adon. And this is our marvelous review of Loki. Spoilers, if you have not seen Loki yet, please check it out. After you're watching it, come back to us and share your thoughts. Let us know in the comments below. What a great series. Can you agree or disagree? I actually do agree a lot. We have, so far we have WandaVision, Falcon and the Winter Soldier, and now we have Loki. This had six episodes. I think Falcon and the Winter Soldier had six episodes. WandaVision had nine, and they're relatively short episodes. Well, WandaVision was relatively short. Falcon and the Winter Soldier, they're averaged around like 45 minutes, more or less, I believe. So to hear, going over my notes, uh, the six episodes, episode two being the longest which I found interesting because episode one felt pretty damn long and so did episode six. This show did for me what I thought would never do, make me like Loki. I've said this before when we watched these shows on your channel, Nerd Tots, when we did those watch parties and it made me really care and like a character that I despised in the MCU. I mean, he was kind of cool at Ragnarok. I kind of, he kind of grew on me then. But here, when he's the focus point, I was like, wow, this, this character is awesome. What about you? What are your thoughts on your impression of Loki? Since this was his first really solo project. Everything else that he's done before then, he was just like his character, second to Thor. I actually... Just like you, over time, I grew to love the Loki character. I Well, I appreciated Loki character more probably than you did. So I was hyped for the Loki series because I was interested in like what they're going to do with this character as well as what they were going to do with the concept of the show because they had the TVA. And I, I was familiar with the TVA to a certain extent. So mm -hmm. I was actually really hyped to go into it. Did it meet my expectations? Yes, it did in certain areas. In some areas, I would say it kind of exceeded it. And then other areas, it dropped, which is fine. You're talking about the episodes. Yeah, the series. I the went series. up and down. Up and down. Okay. Mm -hmm. But six episodes, I think so far, is a solid basis for MCU. This series takes place right after Avengers Endgame, where we see Loki disappear when he takes the Tesseract, where Tony, Steve, Ant-Man, the Hulk, all come back in time to collect the Tesseract. We don't know where he went. No one knew. We thought, oh snap, he just went. Where'd he go? That question was never answered during Endgame. This series answers that. And I also like that the first episode is named pretty much how he introduced himself in the Avengers when he appears. Glorious purpose. Also, he did it again in Mongolia to five people. He stands on a rock, tries to be all proud, trying to restart his monologue, but then he's cut short by the TVA showing up. And then from there, we find out what's going on, what happened, why he's there, and who are these people. Do you want to explain real quick what is happening here or what the premise is? See, the best way I can describe it is like Time Cop. <laughs> I'm not entirely wrong. No, you know you're not. So the entire series is really about time travel. And it's the multiversal theory, how you could have one stage of events happen and then there's the alternate version of the events that could happen. So just because you went down the left turn, if you have a split in the road, that doesn't mean that it's the definitive path. There's another universe where you made a right turn. The TVA is an organization that is dictated what should be the rightful path that everybody's supposed to take. And they are meant to guard what they call the sacred timeline. So basically, if you were meant to go left, cool, you'll never 
never see them. But if you go right, they'll pop up, take you, reset everything so that it goes left. You are now the outside source, the odd one, or as they call you, the variant. From there, either A, you become one of them, or B, you, for lack of a better term, disappear. And this is represented by a loop, the time loop, like an actual circle that's constant, right? Actually, uh, they show it as a timeline because they do show the end of time. And that's where they send everybody. But the time that we're on is in a constant circle, is a constant flow. It doesn't go off to one end or another in the sense of it doesn't branch off. That's why they have to act at those moments because if they mm. wait too long, the change that happens of me going right becomes set and permanent. And now we have a mm -hmm. completely new timeline that cannot be reversed. So that's why they have to interact at those particular moments in time. The importance of Loki though is yes, he's a variant but they need him to track down another variant who turns out to be another loki it's like one of those uh buddy cop movies where we we need a criminal to catch a criminal and they bring in owen wilson to be the cop the, the detective, detective who plays by the rules but every now and then he kind of slips away from the rules so he can accomplish his goals we don't get the wow we wanted the wow the way he pronounces wow he does it in other words if you watch it again it says hey i'll come around you like he does it in a way that pronunciation the way he talks <laughs> i get yeah i guess so but it just comes out if you pay attention to it if you're looking for it you'll get it in a different manner but you'll still get it My big thing on this is how well this was presented, written, acted, executed. This is what I love about this series, that it was smart. It took ideas that we were unfamiliar with. We know Wanda and Vision. We know the Falcon and the Winter Soldier. What they presented was something different, but nothing really all that new. The Loki series gave us something new. It actually starts phase four. It was supposed to originally be the first show to start phase four in the original lineup, right? Uh, yes, I believe so. Well, yeah, because it takes right after Endgame. So it makes total sense where Wanda and the Falcon has some time to happen because she comes back. Because Remember, she she got dusted and then she came back. Falcon and Winter Soldier, there has some time gone by where Bucky is trying to heal and Sam is trying to figure out what to do as his role with the shield. He didn't know what he was at a dilemma. Like, should he take up the mantle? or mm -hmm. So he was finding those kind of demons. So this takes place pretty much second act of Avengers Endgame. You can say that Avengers Endgame is actually intersecting end of phase three and the beginning of phase four. Because we have time travel, they show when the Hulk is talking to the ancient one, there's a timeline. And then there's this, if you take a stone out, a branch will go. Yeah. Will create. So everything is being talked in that movie, but look at the series made it clearer. It did a better job of understanding of time and time travel. Let's just talk it. about that for a brief moment because I agree with you 100%. The show is smart. And I say this is smart because it dumbed it down in such a beautiful way to explain time travel and multiverse theory that mm -hmm. a child could watch it and grasp. Miss Minutes, one of the best characters that they brought in. I don't think she's an actual Marvel character. I think she's an MCU original. But mm -hmm. she summed up time travel like the, uh, what's that video? The Declaration of Independence cartoon that everybody sees in, in school. I'm just a bill. <laughs> On Capitol Hill. It was like that. Minus the music. It was simplified for anybody to watch. You could watch that moment in episode one and just be like, I completely understand what they're doing and why they're doing this. That was a beautiful moment to me. It simplified it. I was overwhelmed with episode one that I had to watch it two to three times just because of the information 
they were giving us, not just verbally, but also visually. All those colors, all the styling coming at you in multiple directions. Easter eggs galore. This whole series is full of Easter eggs, especially Journey yes. into Mystery. The title itself is an Easter egg. Exactly. And episode six. I would say episode one, episode five, episode six are full of Easter eggs. But yes, you're right. In the Journey into Mystery, that's where Loki and Thor first premiered. Mm -hmm. And we've seen it also in the Thor film, the first one. And I believe Journey into Mystery was also showcased in another film. I'm not sure. I think Ragnarok, I believe. I can't remember. That phrase, that title has been said a lot. If you take all the episodes times, take away the end credits, you're looking about the series is about four hours and 30 minutes. That's relatively short. Yeah. About as much time as it took to watch the Justice League. And this was more interesting. And this was better. No shade. Zack Snyder's Justice League was good, but this is better. I mean, Zack Snyder's Justice League could have been a three-hour movie instead of being a four-hour movie. Fair. Let's be honest there. We also get new characters that we see. We get the new Loki. It's a female who is a combination of Loki, Enchantress, and Sylvie. Yeah, technically it, those three characters all together. She was awesome. She was a badass, especially with the moves. She did have the best fight moves. And Sylvie and Mobius was a fresh of breath air, but they were beat by one other character. Are, are we talking about new characters-wise? He who remains. I thought you were going to say Gator Loki. He Who Remains he is, was fantastic. Oh my God, yes. Jonathan Majors, he did something that I would didn't expect to be done. When I saw him, it reminded me of Denzel, Anthony Hopp, Daniel Day-Lewis, where someone just became that role and you were just in awe. Oh yeah. I granted, I never saw him act before, so I don't know his work. But man, am I happy that he was there. And he was not supposed to be in that episode, in episode six. He wasn't? No. The whole episode of For All Time and always was supposed to be Miss Min is tempting Loki and Sylvie. Which they did have. But it was supposed to be the whole episode. Oh, damn. He was supposed to be on the end credits. Mm. His big break was supposed to be in the new Ant-Man film. He did such a good job on his audition. They wrote him in. Oh, I love he that. Did, he does monologue for like 20 or 30 minutes. He carried the episode. Absolutely, Dude, 100%. It was similar to Matrix. Oh, you talk about the architect? Yeah, that is. That is it, the, it, um, think of Will Ferrell playing the architect and the MTV movie awards. He rolled that line right in between the both versions of the architect. The, the serious one and the Will right. Ferrell one, and it was right in between. He had fun. You can tell when that actor is enjoying that role. Whether it's a serious role or as a comedic role, they are mm -hmm. putting themselves into it and they are enjoying it. And that's beautiful. Well, that's what they say about actors who play villains. You're like Everybody loves to be the villain. Because there's really no guideline. The hero has to be on a certain path. And yeah. they have to be you know tried and true. A villain transitioning into the hero, like Loki, where he who remains is the lesser of the evils that's coming. Correct. And you can make the argument that he's not not even a villain. He is and he isn't, but he's the best choice of what's to come. Jonathan Majors played that role perfectly. I will say this, like I've seen him play one other performance. I have, I'm have. i not familiar with him as a whole, but mm -hmm. I, I have seen him in Lovecraft Country on HBO okay. Max. He's the main character. It's like night and day. That's a serious role he portrays. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, he plays a full-on serious role. You'll see moments of him crying, action, violence, and whatnot. So I, I can picture him doing Kang based mm -hmm. on his performance of Lovecraft Country. Mm -hmm. But now that I've seen him do this, I'm like, I don't know what he's going to do now. Because is he going to be more outlandish? Is he going to be like he, he was in Lovecraft? Is he going to be something completely new? And that could be disappointing because when we see him in Ant-Man, he's supposed to be Kang. Yeah. So Kang is one version. So he has to play as a conqueror. So his approach will be different. Where he who remains, he's 
an embodiment of everything because he experienced all of them, either being them at one time or met the other variant at another time. And you can see that in his performance, how he'll be angry, then he'll be joyful, then he'll be high, he'll be low. You see him changing as if he's going through the renditions of each variant that is maybe coming. And he says it. He says, I'm older than I look. He's a character that has been around for a very, very long time. Goes to why he's called He Who Remains. We'll go back to him. Yeah. Because how can you, you not? can have a whole episode just talking about him. Definitely. So yeah, I mentioned the episodes. Glorious Purpose. They say a couple of times. Mobius says it. Sylvie says it to heckle him. And then we have, they people call him classic Loki. I call him old man Loki because... He's an old man and he's Loki. Also to tie in with old man Logan, says it a few times, yes. glorious purpose in, in episode five, Journey to Mystery. Then we have episode two, which is the variant. And that's all about him understanding more about his role and where we are introduced to Sylvie. Yes. Who does not want to be called Loki because she found her own identity. She knew what was happening. She was smart enough to know her situation. But granted, I'm jumping here, but granted, we don't know what was her Nexus event. It was never shared. They never shared exactly what her Nexus event was. She asked Raven Slayer, what was my Nexus event? And she just mocks her and says, oh, I don't remember, which pisses off Sylvie even more. True. So again, we don't know. We just know that she was just there. It kind of reminded me of Minority Report, where you stop the crime before it happens. So I'm wondering, because since Renslayer, we know in the comics, or some of us know, I found out somewhat recently, that she has a close ties with Kang. Yes, in the comics she does. I was wondering if somehow through Miss Minutes, he communicated to Renslayer to capture Sylvie. Just do it. Do not worry about her next event. She may have not wanted to do it, but was forced to do it. And her being a, being a soldier at the time had to follow orders. So she took Sylvie, because remember, he remains laid down the bricks of the road and True. had Sylvie and Loki walk on it well that's so, uh, and that's because he like he follows everything to a letter about how it is and he manipulates those things but i also have a theory about that too because you got to remember that by the end of credits there was also the other kang statue and i think there there may have been a kang working in the background possibly but that happened after he remains got stabbed I'm, I'm saying he may have been working in the background before he got stabbed look at the part where miss minutes tempts loki and sylvie mm -hmm. offering him all these other things that mm -hmm. he doesn't really offer he offers them to take over the job not to have their own universe hey. minute also tells Renslayer these are not what you asked for but he feels like this might be benefit to you better mm -hmm. and she disappears but remember that was all rewritten too this is true too okay let's go back episode two the variant then yeah. episode three which felt like a filler was lamentus where sylvie and loki go to a dying moon which is kind of weird because it was a moon and the planet that it was orbiting or attached to was exploding and falling onto that moon you would have thought it would have been the other way around but anyway on that episode, which was a filler, it gave a little more backstory on Loki and Sylvie. Great fight scenes ensued. Mm -hmm. That chase at the end, where it just looks like one cut, where they're trying to get to the ship. Yeah. That was like, which seemed like forever. It's just a minute long. True. But so much is happening in that time. It looks like a lot. Um, I do like it where they get right to the ship. The ship gets torn to shreds by the meteors of the, of the planet that Loki is just standing there. And Sylvie just like, need a drink. And she just walks away. I just thought that was cute. It makes sense. 
it was something that Sylvia will do. She was just, okay, I'm going to die here. Bartender. And just walks away. I got a kick out of that. Then we had the Nexus event. That was episode four, which was kind of funny on the Nexus event. And we talked about this. It prior was a cringe to, factor. Because you have Loki that we know. Mm. You have Sylvie. Who is that's a, Loki? a variant of Loki. And they're about to fall in love with each other. Talk about narcissism to the finest. Self-love. If that's not asexual, I don't know what that is. That's true. Granted, like people argue about the fact that like Loki, his sexuality is questioned in this series. Listen, at this point, that's a whole new level. I mean, Mobius brought it up. True. In my opinion, it does make sense because who knows him best but himself. It's true. And then you have a female version of that. That's the jackpot, baby. I cringed. We all cringed. Even though visually is not the same person, it's still the same person. To be honest, though, that episode was also great because we started off with that cringe moment and then it mm-hmm. started getting really mellow mm-hmm. and then we the last what was it 10 minutes of the nexus event he tells owen wilson you're all variants is a big wake up moment and then owen wilson's like you have a choice do you love her let's mm-hmm. do this and he tries to take her and then renslayer so- shows up mm-hmm. and that was arguably probably the first like oh my god moment of the series mm-hmm. for me that episode was like three to four times oh my god we were jaw dropped several times right. in that episode on this episode you have Mobius being pruned. This all happened oh, so. like in the last 10 minutes, really. You have that happening. You're like, what the hell? It's like, because he was a great counter to Loki in one mm-hmm. aspect, where Sylvia is a great counter to Loki in another. Then you have the Wizard of Oz. You get to see moment. behind the curtain. We didn't see behind the curtain. Not yet. We see the great old Oz, but in three forms. That's what I meant. Before, for the in the first four episodes, you don't see mm-hmm. the Time Lords. And then when you get there, you finally see them. And we're like, oh, they are the aliens. They are what they depict the entire series. Right. Then Sylvia throws her sword at the main one the main guy cuts the head off the head falls down similar to alien the mouth is still moving yes the android uh, is still the, moving as well mm-hmm. then we realize wow this is like the wizard of oz holy crap we're like someone else is in control right it's not these three who the hell is it granted there are signs throughout the series that we knew who was going to be not sure they're going to be like they did in wandavision where throw us a boner or we Mephesto. weren't sure about that right the big third one actually no not the third one i guess, I guess this is yeah this is yeah. the third one because the fourth one is in the end credits yes is where loki is about to confess his love and then gets pruned and again we're like oh my god when that happened i looked at the clock it's like, this can't be it. You actually did that live where you're like, no, no we're running out of time. And I was like, holy crap. And luckily we waited because the end credits did show a little bit of what happened. The pictures, you'll see the characters playing Sylvia and Loki or Mobius and Loki. You'll see those as files or information mm-hmm. records. And mind you, the previous shows that they did for MCU were fairly heavy for having end credit scenes for Falcon and Winter Soldier, especially WandaVision. WandaVision had a lot of end credit scenes. Loki, up until this point, didn't have any end credit scenes. WandaVision had credit scenes? Like post-credit? You mean like the, the people who worked on the film? No, no, no. Like like a snippet scene, like one quick scene. No, they didn't. They, had they like did three it or four. No, no, more like two. It's like the last couple of episodes. They didn't really. Oh, I thought they did. They all just seemed forever because the WandaVision episodes freaking teased us. Oh, it's an hour long? Cool. And then we watch it. It's like actually 30 minutes and there's like another 30 minutes of credits. What a effing tease. But that, so just at, to digress we, on that, Loki though, up until this point had none. You will see little tidbits right. of what had happened in the credits, but you didn't really have a post credit or end credit scene itself. Yes. Each one left like a with a cliffhanger. On this one, after we 
watch the credits, there's a post-credit scene and we see that he is pruned, but he's not dead. Comes to find out he's on another world with other Lokis. Yeah. There's a kid Loki. There's a classic Loki. There's a crocodile Loki. And then there's a boisterous Loki. I call him uh, Thorkey because he has like a um, Mjolnir looking right. hammer. Who claims to have killed Captain America and Iron Man. And he has also, he had the Infinity Gauntlet. I don't he really claims know. to have that too. Oh, he claimed he had it. And that goes into the next episode of Journey into Mystery, which is just full on Easter eggs. Yes. Yeah, the Thanos helicopter, the Avengers Tower, which is not really the Avengers Tower. It's Kang's actually Tower. Kang's Tower. Kang's information all over the place. Mm-hmm. You have Eliath, the, the mist. Cloud creature. You have Throg. Yes. In a container underground, which was also Chris Hemsworth's voice. If you watch it again, you hear it goes like, oh, while the Mjolnir is right next to it. He can't get to it. He's trying to get to it. He can't break free from it. That's hilarious. And then you have President Loki with Mm -hmm. a gang of Lokis, which I thought was cute with with a a bicycle handles on a helmet to make the Mm -hmm. horns. And in that scene where Mobius and Sylvie come into the, what is that planet called? Where the prunes people go? I want to say they call it the end of time. It's where Eliath is just gathering all the variants. He, He actually kills them. Yeah. But I like old man Loki. I like how he was. He was the, for me, the scene stealer in that episode. He was performed so well. Mm -hmm. Richard E. Grant knocked that out of the park. So he's almost tied up with Ming-Nan Wei with doing a Star Wars film, a Marvel project. Now he has to do a Disney project. I like that he said how he survived Thanos. Yes. I know you, you don't think it's him, but I believe that is the actual Loki from Endgame who faked his death and survived and is floating away because remember, he is a frost giant. He can survive the cold of space. And he just vanished to another planet. He got caught because he got bored. He wanted to see his brother because he could have been staying in a place where an apocalypse event was going to happen or that no one cared about. He could have. Granted, why he had that costume? I don't know, but it just makes sense because he died several times in the MCU. He's died in Endgame. He's Thor, the Dark World. And that's what he says. He says, Rag- we don't Ragnar- die, we survive. Exactly. That that said more than once. He's like, he's like, baby kids. We don't die, we multiply. And then Old Man's Loki's last stand. That was a fantastic last stand. To quote our new Black Widow, that's a good way to die. For glorious purpose. And the music they use for that, the Valkyrie music. Mm. Dude, I was like, oh, I'm getting goosebumps now. Because how good that was. Gave it his all. And again, we don't know if he died. Correct. Because he's mastered to the art of illusion. Because when he was elevating those buildings, Eliath was coming in trying to take those buildings. And they would just disappear as soon as he made up, made a chomp onto it. And he would re- make new ones right afterwards. Distracting that creature for Sylvie and Loki can do the enchantment spell. And then when he takes them, all that remains is the helmet. How funny. While he remains. It was kind of like Obi-Wan in New Hope when the, just the robe and the lightsaber remains. Kind of, yeah. So we may see him again in season two. The next episode is the one that we love for all time, always. That is the slogan of the TVA. It's repeated with each episode, I believe. It is repeated like the chant of Wakanda forever, for all time, always. Right. <laughs> of course, watching the first two times, I'm not really paying attention until I see the last episode and that's the title of the episode. B-15 and Mobius says it at the end before the the change is official yeah and how like in episode five episode four excuse me was like wizard of oz this became an episode like lee wonka and the chocolate factory yeah you did it you made it you can have all of this if you desire tempting them that's how miss minute did too she tempted them 
to see their bite. Remember in Willy Wonka, homeboy and grandpa took that soda pop that made them float. And right? they were they, supposed to steal the everlasting gobstopper. Right. For, and, but uh, he, the guy with the scar. No, no, but they gave it to him and then he gave it back. Mm -hmm. So even though they broke the rules of drinking that soda pop, they still nullify that violation by giving what was given to them. They sacrificed. They got the kings to the kingdom. And this was what he who remains was offering them. So you have, like I said, a lot of Easter eggs, like in WandaVision, where they're calling back to the early episodes and they bring it back into the last episode. The Apple was mentioned a lot throughout the series, especially on one of the computers, like a, a multiple choice questionnaire of Thanos ate an apple. They had that there. Remember Renslayer, past life, was a teacher. And what do teachers get a lot from kids? Apples. Using that apple as a way of showing or connecting Kang and Renslayer having a relationship. Could be wrong. Also, an apple was used in Doctor Strange. He was practicing the time decaying and bringing it back to life. So that relates to the next movie with the multiverse of madness. The building his construct, his castle was very similar to the red on Kylo Ren, right? The, the, like the broken pieces bring it together using, is a Japanese art, I can't remember right now, where you use gold or fine metals to blend or bring back the broken pieces. Hmm. That's what it looks like. And we see here that even though he gives them the keys to the castle, it's not what he really wants. It's not. He wants to rule. Again, remember, he doesn't fight Sylvie. He doesn't even scream. When he gets stabbed, he says, I'll see you soon. And winks at her. Well, that's because he knows this is going to just be another variant of him. And that's one way to take it. I took it as, because he says, he's like, this is new to me. I don't know what's going to happen. Either you mm -hmm. can you can kill me or you could take over. Either way, it's completely new. And Loki asks him, was like, yeah. why aren't you worried if we kill you or not? He's like, I'm just tired. I'm old. Like, I'm older yeah, than Loki. right. He's tired. He can get a, a younger version of him. It'll still be him. Yeah, he just doesn't have his memories of the one that has passed. Another variation of him will come into play so just like that loop where it's this constant he's going to get another variant of him to take his place like he says it you find your true self you have to go through a journey he actually tells them he tells them exactly what's happening or what's going to happen in that monologue oh, yeah. he, he distracts them by giving the keys to the throne but he still tells them what's going to happen and you can see it as it's happening behind him you see the sacred timeline in real mm -hmm. time like start splitting up the moment where he's like i don't know what's going to happen after this point and then that's when timeline starts splitting mm -hmm. and going all and over the place and and you said it before that is in correlation to the Scarlet Witch. Yes. There's a fan theory out there. I don't know if it's 100% like planned by MCU, but there is a fan theory that it's timed perfectly with Scarlet Witch, the final episode. So if you take episode mm -hmm. nine of Scarlet Witch and episode six mm -hmm. of Loki, it may be off by a few seconds or so, but it's damn close. I just played it. Uh, it's like off by maybe a second or two. The mm -hmm. moment where Scarlet Witch gains all the power from Agatha mm -hmm. and she dons herself yeah. as the Nexus being, the Scarlet Witch gets her outfit and everything, is the mm -hmm. same moment that he stops. He goes, I don't know what's going to happen. We're finally here. This is the event where it's not written and you see the timeline start splitting in the background it's around 27 minutes 30 seconds but for me he knew i think it just happened sooner than he realized mm. for but me i think he knew but he just doesn't know what's going to happen after that he does remember i mean he you, says, can, you can put the pieces together he knows what's going to happen because he says you can kill me and he points to her mm -hmm. again he's willing to give them everything but then he starts manipulating them 100 he was manipulating them the entire time in their conversation he goes can he even be trusted and 
And he's like, you clearly don't trust him. He put the right. two of them together to intentionally have them fight. Well, remember he, when he goes, Sylvie, can you trust him? He says that and he's not even looking at Sylvie when he yells her name. And then he turns to her, asks, can you trust this guy? Oh, that's subtle. Oh, so it's so good. It's so it's done, done so well. Damn, this guy is good. Let's take a little sidestep. One of the ongoing things that happened a lot in this whole series was Loki's hair flip. <laughs> His hair flip was so strong, it stopped the building. Yes. Yes. On Lamentus. I counted how many times he did a hair flip in all the episodes. I counted one, two, three, four, nine, 10, 15, 16, 18, 19, 20, 25. I will say 27 because a lot of times the camera cut on him. He's doing this. It's like the flip's already done. Out of six episodes, he hair flipped about 27 times, probably even more because of the takes. Mm -hmm. I just wonder how sore his neck was. After filming he's those got scenes, strong traps. I guess. I do want to go back into where he's being punished by Lady Sith. The time. And loop. you notice that every time he gets hit in the groin, regardless of the first or the 20th time, he never grunts. He never, oh, he never yelps. Nothing. Mm -hmm. That puts me in a mindset that he may be a eunuch. Uh, I have no words on that. He's, he's still like physically Winston Payne. He just didn't go. <laughs> but if you look at it again, he just goes like he's getting hit in the gut. Yeah. Oh, they go back to getting hits the first time he gets hit. And they didn't use it again, which boggles my mind. It's like it was a great scene. He gets hit with a baton. That was a fantastic scene with him getting hit. His mouth is just going. Blah, 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 blah. It would have been awesome if either he or maybe Sylvie did that to either Renslayer or B-15. You would think that would be a fantastic way to immobilize someone. She did with him. Yeah, exactly. That's what I'm saying. Like it, like when they're invading the TVA and they take the pruning sticks, which they have multiple purpose. I'm like, yo, I would just like slow everybody down. That would have been an awesome moment when Sylvie came back to the TVA. That reminds me of the one with Jet Li. Yes. Like when he yeah. comes in and he starts attacking the security guards and you see them like he hits one guy, moves to <laughs> another floating. guy and they're, they're floating. floating. And he just comes in and hits them. If they had a moment like that, I would have lost it right there. I'm like, damn, Sylvia's the one. Again, that was a missed opportunity to bring that back. If they brought that back, it would have been very cool to see. The great thing about this show, there is a lot to talk about, whether you focus on the Easter eggs, mm -hmm. the story, or the characters. Mm -hmm. That's a good sign that they were able to make a good show mm -hmm. when you can actually go in and go, mm -hmm. yo, there's this. We haven't right. even talked about this yet. For me, my favorite episodes, there's like great moments, but episode-wise, the bookends of the series, episode one and episode six. Mm, yeah. Episode one gave us a new world. They gave us a better understanding of time travel. They gave us more information of Loki, be it on file, be it emotion. Because remember, in episode one, he sees his death. He sees the death of his, of his mother, the death of his father. He didn't experience it yet. It's like he's seeing his, his life flash before his eyes. It pretty much was. You're making a good point because I did love that about episode one. It broke Loki. In a half hour, what 10 years did in MCU. Exactly. I heard people go, oh, that's, you know, he changed so quick. I was like, dude, like I said, he was responsible for having his mother die. His father died. He is partly responsible for Asgard to be destroyed. Asgard. Did I say it right? Or did I say it wrong? He said Asgard. Sorry. Asgard. It, it Asgard. sounded like a, it sounded like a, a ass spray. I'm just saying. <laughs> <laughs> 
So ask Artie Bissori, and he saw his death. He saw the yeah. person that he became loyal to or pledged his allegiance to, Thanos. The hand that he kisses is the same hand that destroys him. He sees that all within 30 minutes or 20 minutes. Now, granted, it says end of tape. It does not say end of life. It's true. That's something to think about too. But we'll find out in season two. What about you? What was your favorite episodes? For me, I do love episode one because it hooked me. It hooked me uh, like overall. It got the story going. Okay, I'm going to say it like this. The one that got me going, oh my God, out loud. Episode four verbally went, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. At that moment, I was hooked. Episode six. Episode so two was a filler to me. They just took one or two scenes out episode two and three. They could have still gone through the rest of the episodes. Because mm. episode two, we didn't get Sylvie until the very end. It was just him trying to play the TVA. Mm -hmm. And then we have Lamantis in episode three where mm -hmm. they're just trying to get off the, the moon. Well, in episode two, they finds out where she's hiding. This is true. And it could have been is, like a smaller scene that they could have banded on in, into one of the other episodes, I'm saying. They were fillers, but they were necessary because it also showed how Sylvia was getting information, how she knew about the soldiers and she was the one that found out that they're all variants. They're not clones like that is done or implied in the comic books. Oh, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying I hated them. If I'm being nitpicky, I could have pulled that out and trimmed it down mm -hmm. a little bit. But Fair if enough. I had to pick two favorite episodes, number four mm -hmm. and then episode six, the funny thing is like most of the dialogues were way better than the action. And you get those dialogue moments and you're like, oh my God, I can't believe they just said that or they're doing it this way. Right. I timed the, um, the action. The action. Yeah. 90 seconds. In all six episodes no no <laughs> i was gonna say <laughs> i'm talking about in episode six in all the episodes you're looking at about 12 minutes of action all together not much not much at all and it was done right it, it served this purpose here you had the action it added to the story it made the story better like even when the the loki's were fighting themselves it was hilarious Hilari but it, hilarious. it, it explained his character he's mm -hmm. to the point where he's so narcissistic in all his variant versions that he can't allow another version of himself to be superior and that's where it clashes and that and that right. that was expressed in episodes one and two he's like i'm the superior loki and they're like What's that on the back of your shirt? Exactly. But also, old man Loki, after that whole thing that happens in the man cave, he is pissed. He's because like... He's a guy who's like, lived a life and recognizes his wrongs. And he's right. like, I can't believe I'm st still like this. <laughs> like, well, no, as he's far not, he's as his, not, his versions. We'll never learn. All this for power. All this for glorious purpose. He's pissed as like, when will we get it? He got it. Kid Loki got it. Our Loki gets it by the end. Croaky. We don't know... We, uh, Croaky gets it. He gets it. No, because he, he was part of the group. The other one that was Osteris Loki. Was the one who betrayed him. Our Loki, we can say, gets it. Because um, he he called it. He's like, he might be telling the truth. This, mm -hmm. What if what we're doing is going to be worse than what we're dealing with right now? He calls that. Well, what he was saying is he more like. a lie. Right. Where she was bent on revenge. Exactly. That was her thing. Was she was just tunnel vision on revenge. Where he. He was seeing the bigger. Remember, he pledged allegiance to one evil, mm -hmm. which stabbed him in the back. And he was saying let's hear this out the lesser of two evils let's think about it instead of doing his old ways of just jumping head first let's he, was, let's he said let's take a minute yes again he's grown so fast in this time because he admits it because he doesn't like being bad it's just oh he got attention it's a coping mechanism as a way to protect himself a lot of people do it with laughter with cracking jokes with being sarcastic with 
causing violence. But he admitted that mm-hmm. when he was speaking to Mobius, you know, he, he makes that known. Now, on our review on Black Widow, I mentioned that Val is part of the TVA. You have to rationalize and, this for me. I, I, I have no it, idea how this is connected. Go ahead. At the end of Black Widow, yeah, she just shows up out of nowhere. Could have went right there through that portal. No noise. She just shows up like a ghost. She has information about who killed Natasha. The only person who knows more about that is Clint Barton, who was with her when she fell off. How does Val know that happened? No one else said anything. It was all in their inner circle. Tony, Steve, Bruce. That was not shared. But she knew that Clint is responsible. But she, he's not really responsible, but she's putting the blame on him. Mm-hmm. In the Falcon and Winter Soldier, she knows that the shield is not the original shield. How does she know that? No, it's the original shield. No, it's not. She says it's not uh, American-made. It's not the original shield. It's also not the original shield at the end of Endgame. It's designed a little different. When old man Steve gives it to the Falcon, it's not the original shield. She says something is coming. We may think it's the scrolls, but it could be something even bigger than that. Mm -hmm. So she has all this information was known by a tight circle, not shared with anyone else. There was no cameras during the battle, but she knows all this information. I know I'm reaching, but TVA, if you flip it, it says Val. TVA. It's a reach. (laughs) It will say say that, but what? The letters how it's written. The way it's written. I see what you're getting at. Think about it. I'm, I'm hearing you. But are you listening? I'm listening to what you're saying. I can also make the same argument that like Nick Fury did all the same things that they did. Because Nick Fury will show up at the end of credits or show up at scenes and he and he'll be like in the background or shadows and people are like, How how are you in here? He shows up like Batman and disappears like Batman in certain scenes. He has intel on uh characters and it's his job to know. He has a spy network, then he comes up with information that people shouldn't know. And he happens to know. And he has the intel of past history, like years and decades back. Right. But it's all documented. The stone retrieval was not documented. She doesn't mention about the stone retrieval. She just mentions. She she knows Clint was there when Black Widow died. But how does she know where they were? Does she know that there's a connection of them to. She didn't say where they were. Just that the two of them were together. We just see a photo of him. I'm just going to throw it out there. She could be a a variant of Renslayer. Remember, not all variants are the same. This is true. And they make that very abundant in Loki. I'm not going to put that in your theory. I'm just going to say I am very intrigued what's going to happen in Hawkeye. And I'm looking forward to see what happens with that character. And if they bring in Black Widow, we'll see more about. And what if that series is now going to be a series of multiverse events. And they're going to be connected together through Doctor Strange. I don't think Doctor Strange is in it in a way. I thought he was going to. We'll find out for sure when uh, the show starts. But what I'm saying is I think the Watcher is the main guy. Mm. In the What If comics, it was always about him. Now, they may change it to fit the MCU, but we got here is something new and exciting to further push phase four yeah now what's also going to be in phase four is shang chi and the legend of the rings i don't know how that's going to fit in phase four but it'll be a welcomed one anyway i don't know if we should do ratings on this i mean hell if if i could oh go ahead go ahead say this is ready for purchase especially they included the documentary ready for purchase you know what i can agree with that this would be a excellent like a singular blu-ray all six episodes mm-hmm. ready for purchase is definitely a one i would do loki ties in endgame very well as it leads us into phase four of the mcu and then you have falcon with the soldier and you have wandavision which is also good but is on on their own right all right bro that was fun yes i'm loving this stuff with you so guys i am angel i'm Adon. until next time We'll be the next time. See you soon. Love you, bro. Love you.